I know we're living in 2007, uh, but we're certainly in this conflict and this war that we're in tonight that God wants to help us that we can be victorious. I know I'm preaching tonight to a house full of warriors. You're on the battlefield. Uh, Satan's pushing, but you're pushing back. Amen. I said to somebody the other day, how you doing? And I said, well, they're shooting at us, but we're still shooting back. And it's important that you're still shooting back. Amen. Don't stop shooting back. Praise God. Just stay on the battlefield. When the devil says, turn loose, you must be making headway or he would not be fighting you so hard. Amen. It's a sure sign that you're winning if you're battling and he's pressing against you. Just press that much harder against him. Praise God. When it comes time to go to the house of the Lord or serve the Lord or do the right thing, just come on. Amen. The God's grace and God's strength. You take one step and the song says he'll take two. Have you found God to be true to his word? Yes, amen. God has been true over and over and over and over and over again. And I thank the Lord for it. And I feel a burden on my heart. And I believe with all of my heart that God has given me a message to preach in this church this very evening. And I just trust God would give me the unction and take it off my heart, put it on your heart tonight, and that you would receive it in the spirit that it is given. Amen. I trust. Praise God. And I just want to preach to you along the lines that I've been on for the last few weeks on Wednesday night. And uh, I want to talk to you tonight uh, about a, a playhouse or a real house of prayer. A playhouse or a real house of prayer. You know, it's one thing just to go through the motion. It's one thing to just live under the banner of Pentecost. It's one thing to live under the banner of going to church and being a Christian. And it's another thing to have the goods. And that's what we're striving for at the First Pentecostal Church, is that we would have the real thing, that we would have the real goods, amen, that we would allow God to be real in this house. Hallelujah. And I just trust God could stir up all the spirits of the warriors tonight, that everyone in this house, you just get stirred up in your spirit and you'd say, hey, we're not gonna have no playhouse. We're going to have the house of prayer. Amen. That's what it takes and uh, for a church to have that is for the warriors to declare it from the housetop. Amen. Out of their heart and out of their spirit. Hey, we're not going to have no playhouse. We're going to have the real house of prayer. Amen. When Jesus spoke of John, he asked them, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? He said, did you go out to see a reed shaken in the wind? Or did you go out to see a man that was clothed in soft raiment? Behold, he said, those that wear soft clothing, they're in the king's house. Then he said, but what went ye out to see, a prophet? And he said, yea, I say unto you, more than a prophet. Of course, John the Baptist, what was his message? Everybody say repentance. Amen. When people come to get baptized, he said, hold it right there. He looked on their faces. He saw their expression. Something in his spirit told him they're not ready to be baptized. He said, you need to go back and you need to bring forth fruit, meat, for repentance. I'm going to tell you, he wasn't a leaf shaken in the wind. Amen. And the wind wasn't blowing him around, but he had a backbone to tell the people the truth. 
We not tell people that so often. We don't want people to just get wet. We're not in the numbers game. We're not competing with some other church to see how many people we can baptize. Amen. You know what I tell them? I say, I don't want you to just get wet. I want you to get delivered. Amen. You can get wet in the rain. You can get wet at home in the shower. Amen. That's not going to do you any good. What does you good is when you get your sins washed away. Hallelujah. In obedience to the word of the Lord. And you can't get your sins washed away until you have repented of your sins. And then you become in that place, you come to that place ready to be baptized. So we don't want to be a house of just baptizing people, a playhouse to see how many we can baptize. We want to be a house where people get the goods. Because you know why I'm so interested in that? I know this, if you get the good, you'll be back Sunday morning. You'll be back Sunday night. You'll be back on Wednesday night. And you won't just blow in and blow out if you really get the real thing. And that we're contending tonight for the real thing here at this church and with all of you people. Then Jesus went on in that same chapter and he talked about this generation that he was dealing with. He said, it's like unto children sitting in the marketplace calling unto their fellows. And here's what they were saying. You know what they were doing? It was like children playing. You couldn't please them. They said, we've piped to you and you've not danced. We've mourned unto you and you've not lamented. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what we do. If we play a fast song, you won't dance. Uh, if we sing Amazing Grace, you're not going to cry. You're just not going to be moved and you're not going to be pleased. It doesn't matter if it comes fast, slow, in between, lukewarm, cold, hot. It's just, it's not going to touch you. It's not going to reach you. And that's what Jesus said about the generation he was preaching to. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. He said, it, it, it doesn't matter. He talked about, he told him, he said, John, he came, he didn't eat or drink. And you looked at him and you said, oh, John's got a devil. He said, I came and uh, drinking and, and eating. And you said, I'm a gluttonous man, wine-bibber, friend of the publicans and sinners. He said, and your wisdom always justifies her children. You always find a reason that it makes you feel better and feel justified in what you're not doing and what you should be doing. Well, I'm here to preach to you tonight. Uh, do we, we just want to have a playhouse uh, where we just come and sit on the pews and don't participate and don't take part uh, and we're never moved in the spirit and we're never moved in the Holy Ghost. We never feel the unction to lift our hands to praise and to glorify God. There's never a dance in our feet. There's never a tear in our eye. We're just cold and callous. We're indifferent. Uh, brother, you may want a church like that, but I don't want to be in a church like that. I want to get as far from a church like that as I can get. I want people that are moved in the Spirit. I want people that are yielded to the Holy Ghost. I want people that are willing to put some energy in their worship and some energy in their prayers. Well, come on in, everybody. Just go ahead and let's feel after him together. Oh, God, speak to our hearts. Speak to our spirits. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh God, don't give us fault finders. Don't give us people that come in here and sit on the pews and just find fault with everything in the world. Hey Amen. Anybody can do that, friend. Anybody can be a critic. Anybody can sit back and pick their nose and 
talk about somebody. Anybody can sit back and try to find something wrong with something somebody did. Hey Amen. Anybody can do that. But it takes somebody that says, hey, I'm going to get up. I'm going to try to help it be get better. I'm going to help it to get on fire. It don't look like it's on fire. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, hallelujah, I'm going to be a match for it. I'm going to be some gasoline for it. I'm going to try to promote it. I'm going to try to put my shoulder to the wheel. I'm going to see if I can help push things. And, hey, man, I'm going to see the work of God go forward. I want to see a real church, a Holy Ghost church. I want it to truly be a house of prayer that God intended for his church to be. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody wave your hands to the Lord and feel after him tonight. Oh, why don't you thank him right now for the liberty that we feel right now, right now, right now. Jesus is in this house right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I want to tell you something. You may think, Brother Holmes, uh, they, just, they just always shout, and people react like they're reacting when you preach. Uh, and it's just normal, and it's just, that's just the way people do it, the First Pentecostal Church. Can I tell you that's not true? Amen. That's a, that's a lie the devil's trying to tell you. Uh, Brother, I'm going to tell you, I've preached a bunch of times when people didn't even hardly, they didn't look like to me, they hardly wiggled a finger. <laughs> amen. I've stood a lot of times and seemed like the more I would preach, uh, amen, the longer it would get and the worse it would get. Uh, amen. I'm just telling you, I want you to recognize right now the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's not me standing here. It's the presence of God that's moving on you, uh, and you're responding to the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Uh, hallelujah. Oh, I want to tell you something, and, and we've all had the experience that's ever walked with God very long. You know, you'd just be driving along, and you know, once you'd feel a spirit of prayer come up on you, Brother Copeland, you'd feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost on you, and you'd think in your mind, I, I've had this to happen. I think you can identify with what I'm saying, and, and I'd think, well, I'll just pray a little bit later. Amen. I feel the urge to pray, and I could have prayed, but I, it wasn't quite convenient. And I thought, well, you know, in a couple of hours, it'll be convenient, and I can pray. Well, and I did my little plan. Guess what happened? Brother, it was like sawdust. It was so dry. What I should have done is stop right then when I was feeling that anointing and prayed. <laughs> Amen. You don't turn this thing on and turn it off. Brother Holmes doesn't have a switch up here that he can turn it on and turn it off. Uh, amen. It's God that honors us with his anointing. Uh, it's God that comes down and his glory kisses earth. Uh, I just want First Pentecostal Church to never take it for granted. Uh, I don't want you to take for granted Brother Ernie's getting baptized uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean the Holy Ghost hitting them like lightning Sunday night between the pews. Uh, Sister Amy getting refilled with the Holy Ghost Sunday night. I don't know how many more got renewed and fresh touch of the Holy Ghost, but I know two brand new men that never had the Holy Ghost before went to talking in tongues. I mean, the Holy Ghost hit them like lightning out of heaven. 
Hear me, First Pentecostal Church. When you feel the action of the Holy Ghost, you can rejoice. You can lift up your voices with thanksgiving and lift your hands and say, God, I'm grateful that I can feel you in this house tonight. Why don't we do that right now? Just lift up your hands and voices to the Lord. Lord, we are indeed so grateful. We're glad there's life in your house. We're glad there's liberty in your house tonight. We're glad there's shouting, there's dancing, there's singing, there's mourning, there's weeping, there's crying, there's praising, and there's glorifying you. You're so worthy. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know what Jesus said to the, that group? Listen to the words of Jesus. He said, Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Now, if you think that's just twiddling your thumbs, getting blessed, you need to study the book. Amen. Till the days up until John the Baptist, it was ceremony. It was just going through the routine. But he said, after John the Baptist, until now, he said, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Amen. The law and the prophets were until John. And since that day, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man, doesn't matter what your name is, every man that gets in the kingdom of God, he presses his way into the presence of God. Hey man, you push all the thoughts of, of a busy day, what you're going to do tomorrow, what you done yesterday, and all these things, you have to press all that out of your mouth, mind. You have to set all those things aside, and you have to say, I have come to reach for God. I'm thirsty for the presence. I'm thirsty for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And in doing so, you don't turn it on. Let me tell you again, you don't turn it on. And you don't turn it off. You don't turn it on. You don't decide when you're going to get blessed. It's The Bible said it's like a wind. It bloweth. You can't tell which way did that wind come. And which way is that wind going to go? He said, that's the way my presence is. You're sitting there and all at once. A wind out of heaven. It blows over your soul. Oh, I'm glad this thing is real tonight. I'm glad it's not a thought and not a mind game. But you can you you know it when it hits you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I watched those two men Sunday night. They were about three feet apart. One of them didn't even know the other one. They didn't know each other. But I'm going to tell you, heaven discovered who both of them were at. Almost at the same time, they went to speaking in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave the utterance. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm glad to shout to the world. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. This Pentecostal blessing, I know, I know how real and wonderful and glorious it is. 
Oh, we bless your name, God. We worship you. Come on, church, you let God bless you now. Come on, just close your eyes and let God touch you now. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, we do ever magnify the old righteous God. We worship your name. We exalt your name. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Well, I got a question for you. Are you voting for us to sit on the pews? Are you voting for us to have church? Are you voting for us just to have a form of godliness? Or do you want the power thereof? Oh, I'm telling you, this world needs the power. It's the power that sets you free. It's the power that breaks the chains. It's the power that heals the sick. It's the power that makes drug addicts turn into Holy Ghost saints. Oh, God, I praise you. I magnify you, God. Oh, I magnify you, oh, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad to be assembled. You can be seated. I'm glad to be assembled with a house full of believers. They want real church. They want a real house of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus walked into that temple. He found them. The Bible said they were selling buying and selling. He cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple. He overthrew the table. Uh, uh, tables of the money changers uh, and the seat of them that sold doves. Uh, and he said unto them, it is written. Everybody say that with me. It is written. You know where he was quoting from, don't you? You know where it had been written. It was in the Old Testament. Isaiah had been inspired by the Almighty God to write this. And it, he said, it is written. It's already been put down in the Old Testament. He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. I wish everybody just make it out of a choir right now and you'd say it with me. My house shall be called the house of prayer. He said, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Hallelujah. And then the next thing the Bible says, that the blind and the lame came into the temple and he healed them. Hallelujah. When, whenever he, 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 he overthrew their little world and messed up their little world, and when he got through doing that and drove them out, then he said, it's going to be a house of prayer. Then the blind, the lame, they came in the temple and they got healing. The Bible said the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and they saw the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David and they were sore displeased. I hate hearing those young people shouting the victory and rejoicing in God. Amen. The chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things. You notice what happened. When you drive out one spirit, it opens the door for another spirit. When you drive out those that want to play church, you get a hold of the real crowd. You get a hold of the real people, the people that really want to feel something when they go to church. They
They don't want it to be empty. They don't want it to be blank. They don't want it to just be going through a form. They come to Wednesday night service and they left Sunday night. Oh, they were drinking from the fountain of living water. But they come back on Wednesday night and they say, hey, give me another drink of that Holy Ghost. Give me another drink through the singing. Give me another drink through the preaching of the word of the Lord. Let me feel it afresh in my heart. Let me feel it afresh in my life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you, when spirits get out of a church, it opens a door for another spirit to step in the church. And that's the spirit of revival. And that's the spirit of victory. And that's the spirit of Holy Ghost can come down. And the Holy Ghost can work. And people can get delivered. And people can be set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. I just want you to help me tonight. And I just come here to rally the troops together all afresh and tell you, brother, amen, we don't want to get miss our focus. We don't want to miss our direction. Amen. It, it's not just going through a form. It's not just a business. Church is not. It's not just a social club. That's what it's not. It's not all these things. Amen. Our focus is not uh, uh, building a, a, a big, big, uh, family life center and everybody just get together. It, that's not it. Uh, amen. We may have one and we have a, some basketball over there and someday we'll we'll build that building the Lord willing. Uh, that new school and right in the center of it pull a multi-purpose uh, building where the children and young people can use to play some ball but that's not our focus we're not interested in that i want to tell you and if that ever gets going too crazy we'll just shut it down we'll cut the lights off we'll flip the breakers we'll lock the doors and hey man we're not gonna have people fighting over a basketball hey man losing their temper carrying on like their children hey man over nonsense our focus is it's gonna be a house of prayer brother you don't need to play ball if you don't know how to pray, if you hadn't prayed, you need to be in here praying and talking to God with us. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 For some time we've been praying over it, and I want you to pray with me about it. Amen. We've been praying about it, and that's put a, a little deli between these buildings where my son's old office is. Maybe just have a, have a deli there and, and a place for a... Uh, during the daytime, sandwiches and, and uh, drinks and all kinds of things in there. And I've just been praying about that because I want to, God's will and God to lead us. And, and I, I thought of the name of it. It, it it's, it's After Prayer Deli. That's what it'd be. It, after Prayer, it's the deli. Amen. Don't come in here until you've been in there. Amen. Our focus is too much right here and not up there. Our focus is this flesh. Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to tell you something. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Your life will straighten up. It feels like it's in a tailspin. It all straightened back up. If you'd focus on the right thing, get started back on prayer. Amen, amen. I'll tell you what, I had a experience when we was building this building. Amen. And I'd never been so tempted to, to miss out on prayer, but I was never so afraid not to pray because I knew it just like, seemed like we just, uh, you know, 
if the enemy takes advantage anyway, we'd be in trouble. And, and so I was afraid not to pray. And the greater fear was not. And so there'd be people in here and, and they'd be waiting, trying to figure out what to do. And we'd be over there still praying. But I'm going to tell you, we made a, made a good decision to let them stand around and wait until we got through praying to figure out what to do next. You know, we get, we get too smart for our own good sometimes. But I want to remind all of you, it's still the man in whom the king delighteth to honor. Don't you ever forget that. If God just takes a notion that he loves you, all the devils in hell and under hell and on top of hell can't do a thing in the world about it. If God decides to open up his windows of heaven and bless you, you're just a blessed man. It doesn't matter who gets jealous. It doesn't matter who gets glad. It doesn't matter who gets mad. It doesn't matter who gets happy, who gets angry. If God says, I'm going to help you, you got the best help in the world. If you're walking with God, God's walking with you. Have you ever felt like in life you was just in bubble gum? You were just stuck? You get, get your foot, one foot loose, the other foot stuck. Get that foot loose, the hand stuck. Well, I want to tell you what will unstick it. It's the house of prayer. It's the house of prayer. It's the house of prayer. Amen. And when all these people got free in church and they got to worshiping and loving God and praising God, the chief priests and the scribes, they said they were sore displeased. They said they have messed our church up. They have run our playhouse. Them kids are in there shouting up and down and crying, Hosanna to the son of David. These kids are in there praising and glorifying God and lifting up the name of the Lord. And they're saying it too fast. They're saying it too loud. They got the music turned up too much. They got this. They got that. Amen. But I want to tell you what Jesus said to them. He said, hearest thou what these say? That's what the chief priest and, and the scribes said to Jesus. Jesus, can't you hear what they're saying? Don't you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thy hast perfected praise? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, what's wrong with your ears? Can't you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, what's wrong with your eyes and mine? You can't read what Isaiah said long ago, do you not know how to read? Go read your Bible. And you'll see why they're in that house of worshiping and praying. You know, the devil of hell wants us to be like a knot on a log when we come to church. Let the world go crazy over ball and let people fall off to sleep when they go to church. Amen. Let them go crazy at the all tell arena but i'm going to tell you if you clap your hands when you come to church you you something must be wrong with you hallelujah the world has got their head all turned around and all confused and all messed up we're still worshiping the creator not the creature we know what the creature is hey man he's just a feeble feeble 
Help us, Jesus. 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 I'm preaching to you tonight. Do you want a house of play or do you want a house of prayer? Amen. And if you're going to have a house of prayer, Moses needs help. But there will always be an Aaron that will let you do what you want to do and will not promote the house of prayer. It was a sad thing that the children of Israel left that Egyptian world and they, they had only had been gone a year. In their very first year, they watched God do uh, 10 plagues on the Egyptian. They watched the mighty hand of God. They walked through that Red Sea that God parted for them. They looked back over their shoulders and they saw their enemy. The chariots were turned upside down and the horses were drowned and turned upside down. Amen. The people that had popped a whip on their back and had worked them like animals, they watched them floating. Amen. Their eyes bugged out and here they're floating down the river. Amen. The Red Sea that God has parted for them but that same Red Sea had drowned them. I want to tell you something. You that's been trapped by the drug world, you know what God has done for you? He has set you free. He has set you free. Amen. You can look back over your shoulder. Amen, Brother Charlie, and you can see them. Amen. Those that promoted things in your life that was nothing to bring you down and to, and to cause your life to, and your health to be destroyed. Hey man, I want to tell you what, uh, you, you let the Holy Ghost uh, and you need to look at them in a different manner than you've ever looked at them. You need to see their eyes bugging out. Uh, you need to see their chariots turned upside down. You need to see them floating and drowning in the sea of sin and see you standing out on the bank rejoicing and thanking God uh, because Jesus has set me free uh, and Jesus has delivered me. That's where I used to be but I'm not there anymore. That's the way I used to live, but I don't live like that anymore. Hey Amen. The, the men that had a halt on me, hallelujah, and they had me in their little drug world. I'm not in their world no more. I have walked out of that place, and the chains have fell off of me, and I'm a liberated, delivered, set free soul. Now, you know, it, 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 it just, it just it, it's no way you can comprehend what, what happened to the people of God when they come out. The Bible said that the Lord took Moses up on the mountain. He took him up on the mountain to give him the laws and, and give him instructions in building that uh, holy temple unto God. And the Bible said that whenever he was up on the mountain and delayed to come down out of the mountain, that the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For it's for this Moses that brought us out of the land of Egypt. We don't know what has happened to him. And you know what Aaron said to them? Aaron said, Break off your golden earrings that are in, uh, are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. And the Bible said all the people break off their golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. 
And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, this, these be the gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. You're talking about getting confused. How on earth could it happen so quick? Here they were delivered and they're giving carnality. They're giving the gods of this world credit for being where they're at. Amen. And God spoke to me about this one time. Many years ago, he gave me this thought and, and how confused people get. And come to church and, and they're broke and they're empty and they come and get the Holy Ghost and God fills up their pockets and blesses them. And all at once they get to thinking it was the banker that done it. And it was their great mind that done it. And it was this and that. But I want to tell you, friend, it was not the gods of Egypt that have blessed us and bless me and bless you it's the God of gods it's not a golden calf and it's not a golden banker somewhere it's the goodness of God that's opened the windows of heaven and he's going to get all the credit that's right and here this Aaron comes along the Bible said that he, he built an altar unto that golden calf he proclaimed he made an announcement he said tomorrow we're going to have a feast of all things, he said unto the Lord. The Bible said they rose up early in the morning. They burnt, offered, uh, burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And then this is when God tells Moses while he's still away and upon the mountain, the Lord said to Moses, get thee down for the people thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt. They've corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. And they have made them molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed hereunto and said, These be the God, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Oh God, help us. Help us, help us. Oh, I feel a burden in my heart uh, for this church and for myself and for every man and every person in this building. Oh, how quick can we be turned out of the way? How soon can the good things of God we forget uh, and get confused and get mixed up uh, after God being so good to us? Uh, opening Red Sea, miracle after miracle, victory after victory. And they had already walked through all those times and they didn't have water and, and they prayed and God gave them water and they, they didn't have nothing to eat and God gave them manna from heaven. All these miracles, miracles after miracles. It was in that first year. Everybody say first year. In the very first year is when all these things took place. Uh, besides that, another thing that had taken place is they sent the spies to spy out the, the land of promise and they come back with that negative report and, and it was only Joshua and Caleb that said, yes, we can go up, let's go up at once. It all happened in that very first year. Everybody say first year. And then this is the kind of... Uh, comes to the end of that year and now this is happening because Moses is, is delayed and Moses is not there for a few days. Uh, they, 
and has delayed coming down, they say, you know what, uh, Aaron, why don't you make us a, a, a God uh, and, and make us something that we can see and something that we can worship. And he builds an altar to it. He proclaims it's going to be a feast unto the Lord. And then he offers up burnt offering, sacrifice, and even a peace offering. And the Bible said they they begin to eat and drink and they rose up to play. And, and then God tells Moses what's going on. How quickly, how quickly, how quickly, how quickly. God establish us. God put a backbone in us. God put determination in us. You know, I, I know as we go along and we're in the same environment uh, that uh, maybe the temptation is not there, but things could shift and change in your life uh, that could change your whole attitude toward the church. Change your whole attitude toward the Bible. Change your whole attitude and you start seeing things different than what you used to see them. I'm going to tell you that's what happened to Israel. Israel just started seeing things different the way they used to see it. It wasn't, it wasn't like that anymore. Uh, it was not that, that God had done all these things. It was just by chance. It was just, well, it kind of happens to everybody. And, then, and they had gotten so mixed up and confused in their mind that they were ready to offer up sacrifices unto God and then God has seen what the people has done and this is God's response back to Moses he said it's a stiff necked people he said now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them that I may consume them and make of thee a great nation and that's when Moses he besought the Lord and said, Lord, uh, you, you can't do this. Uh, uh, you're the one that has brought them out. You've, uh, your great power has led them. And then he went on to tell God, wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of the evil against the people. The next thing that Moses did, he reminded God, he said, God, don't forget about Abraham and Isaac and Israel, thy servants to whom you, you've already swore to them how that you would multiply their seed as the stars of the heaven and your hand would be upon them. And so God, you cannot do this. And it was through Moses interceding that God changed his mind and turned around. Hallelujah. And then Moses comes down off the mountain. He has the two tables of testament in his hands and the tables have been written on both sides. It was The Bible said it was the tables. It was the work of God that was written of God upon those tables. And when he came down, Joshua was with him. Joshua said it sounds like the noise of people that are in the camp, the noise of war. And he said it, sound, it's, it is not the voice of them that shout for the mastery, what Moses said. They're not shouting because they've had a great victory. He said it's not the voice of them that shout because they've been overcome or they have been defeated, but it's, a noise, it's the voice of them that sing, do I hear? And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh into the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing and Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hand and break them. And he took then that calf and he ground that calf to powder and he put it in their water and made the children of Israel to drink of it. Then he turned to Aaron and he said, Aaron, what have you done? Why have you done this? Well, what are you doing? Aaron's response was this, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. 
Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. They're just going to do wrong, Moses. Amen. I hadn't done nothing. Amen. And, and they said unto me, Make me gods, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. For they gave it me. Then I cast it in the fire, and out came this calf, which was not true. Amen. He made a molded image. The Bible said he'd taken a graven tool, and he graved that calf and made it. It didn't just happen by accident. And the, the next thing the Scripture tells us, And when Moses saw the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked in their shame among their enemies, Amen. Not only had they worshipped a golden calf, but they had pulled off their clothes and they were naked. Can I tell you something tonight? Hear me close. Carnality always breeds lust. You let a church quit praying and I'm going to tell you the spirit of adultery will get in a church. It always brings sin When it's not a house of prayer, it'll be a house of adultery. The hedge against adultery tonight is spirituality. I'm going to tell you, sisters, something. Ladies, amen, it, it would serve you well to be prayer warriors. It would serve you well to always be ready when it comes time to go to church. It would serve you well to always promote prayer. And if you don't understand, you just don't understand men. You don't understand what I'm saying. Amen, because men are carnal. And when you get a carnal man, he gets his mind on the wrong things. Help me, Holy Ghost. When carnality gets in a church, when a church says we're going to be a playhouse, when a church says we're going to be a playhouse, they won't dress right. They won't do right. Amen. It's only a house of prayer is what causes us to want to do right. The Bible said, Aaron, you have caused shame among the enemies. Did you know what? They knew what the people of God were supposed to look like. The enemies of God. The enemies of God know how we're supposed to be living, dressing, walking, talking, thinking. Come on. Let me go back to you wives. I'm going to tell you, a real man wants his wife to help him. A real man wants his wife to be spiritual. Amen, men? Amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, let it sink deep into our hearts tonight, God. Amen. So it's, it's, it's the hedge against the devil. A house of prayer is a hedge against the devil for our homes, for our marriages, for our families. So, hallelujah. What do you say? Let's keep it a strong house of prayer. Amen. Then Moses stood up and he asked the question. He said, who's on the Lord's side? The Bible said the Levites gathered themselves to Moses and said, we're on the Lord's side. Moses said, put on your sword and go in and slay those, amen, that have 
uh, walked away from, from truth and from righteousness. And that day, 3,000 of them were slain. And God spoke to them and said, God has blessed you, Levites. Amen. And they became the priest unto the Lord that God used for his glory and for his honor. God's looking for somebody that'll take a stand. God's looking for somebody that won't turn quickly out of the way. Let me ask you tonight, how long would you last? How long would we continue on? Amen. If others went a different direction. I'll tell you what, how close we are to worshiping a golden calf. All you need is an Aaron in your life. All you need is a preacher that has the spirit of Aaron on him and not the spirit of Moses on him. Of course, you know, uh, that was a mistake that Moses made that Aaron was even there to start with because of his human frailty. He said, you know what, God, I've got to have some help and, and I've got to have somebody to speak for me. Can you imagine a preacher getting a sermon and having somebody else to come out and preach his sermon to the people? You never heard him preach. You just heard him give his message to somebody else and somebody else got up and said, this is what the preacher said. Amen. It was a mistake to begin with. Amen. God wanted Moses to tell him, but Moses felt like he couldn't. Whatever, whatever the problem was, slow of speech or, amen, probably just like I am was his problem. But I, I want to tell you, when God's put that call of God on your heart, you just got to preach it and you got to say it. And you got to say the burden of your heart to people. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Holmes? I'm going to tell you what I'm saying. An Aaron will let you have a golden calf. You know, that amazes me how that people think they're really doing something, gathering people, encouraging people in their sins, and they think, man, they're really accomplishing something. Well, you're not accomplishing anything. The challenge is not to pull people down. The challenge is to... See people rise to another level. Well, am I right or wrong? The challenge is not to get a television in your home. The challenge is to get you to kick that thing out of your life. That's anybody, anybody, anybody can be encouraged in sin. There's no challenge to that. And Aaron will always encourage the wrong thing. Amen. And, and a lot of people will notice how that people suffered. And the, notice the sad part about it. They've taken a graven golden calf when God was graving for them the commandments. God was graving for them. If they had just waited a little longer, they'd have got something supernatural blessing in their life that would have blessed their families and blessed their children and blessed their grandchildren if they had just waited a little while. You know what people are doing? They're trading a golden calf. They're taking the, the commandments of God and they're trading it for a golden calf and they're shouting around that golden calf and saying, well, we're really having church. We're really having church. Amen. No, they're having a playhouse. And don't deceive yourself. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, the devil's a liar. Rally the troops, God. Stir up the spirits of your people tonight that says, God, we can hold out a little longer. It's the devil that makes people think, man, I can't hold out any longer. Yes, you can hold out a little longer. Amen. 
you know, their, their faith was being tested. They said, we don't know where this Moses has gone. We don't know what's happened to Moses. Moses is gone. Go ahead and make us, let's have, let's have, let's have play church and let's, let's play and let's put us out. And always again, I'm going to tell you again, when you start, carnality starts up, sexual sins immediately start. Oh yeah, that's the reason that, hey amen, the devil would love to get in the lives of people and get one man's eyes on another man's wife. You better get your eyes where they belong, friend. But carnality breeds all that trash. I'm just in love. No, you're infatuated with a devil. You're not in love. You're infatuated with lust. Lust is running out your eyes, nose, and ears, and you can't even recognize it. But you've been shouting around a golden calf. You'd quit that shouting around that golden calf and come down here and have prayer meeting and pray through and touch God. Oh, I, I, I want to tell y'all something. Don't tell me the Holy Ghost is not on track. The Holy Ghost is on track right in this church tonight. The devil would like to turn us into worshiping carnality and move away from spirituality. But we're not going to move away from spirituality because we're going to have a house of? We're going to have it. We're not going to listen to Aaron. We know Aaron didn't have the calling on him. He's a store manager is what he is. He should have been working at Kroger's and Walmart's and Safeway's. And, well, they've been gone a long time, haven't they? Amen. That's what he should have been doing. He, was, he had the store mentality of a manager. He was just trying to find out what the people wanted and just give the people some more of what they wanted. Man, that ain't hard to do. Amen. We know what our flesh wants. My flesh is like your flesh. Amen. It, it's because we found a better life. We found a better way. We've had a revelation. We're not living like we're living just trying to be odd and different in this world. We're living like we're living because we know without a shadow of a doubt it has brought the blessings of God. The golden calf has always brought death. The braille golden calf has always brought sorrow. But those ten commandments that God had graved for them Brother, I want to tell you, you know what them commandments bring? Them commandments bring life. Them commandments bring victory. Them commandments bring anointing. Them commandments bring victory and anointing and blessing. And it blesses your home. It blesses your children. It'll bless your grandchildren. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the victory tonight. And the devil of hell is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Don't give me an Aaron, give me a Moses. Oh, yes, God, we thank you. Amen, and that's what Jesus talked about. He said a hireling, when he see the, sees the wolf comes, he'll run and leave the flock because he is a hireling. But you know what a she shepherd do, will do? A shepherd will give his life for them sheep. Amen. We're going to hang in there together. We're going to fight all hell together. Amen. We're determined in Jesus' name, revival and victory, and people getting the Holy Ghost. We're not going to see our children destroyed and slip through our fingers, but we're going to have a house of prayer. We're going to have a house of prayer. We're going to have a house of prayer. We're going to have a house of victory. We're going to have a house of anointing. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My, 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 my. It's five minutes after nine. No, I said that because I'm about through. If I hadn't been about through, I would not have said it because I wouldn't want to get your mind on the time. Hallelujah. But I just want to tell you again, the devil's a liar. And I want to give you, I want to give you the benefits to a church being a house of prayer. Benefit one is when it's a house of prayer and we're making it a house of prayer, you're obeying the very words of Jesus. Next benefit is powerful services. Next benefit, the lost are being saved. The next benefit, God is real to the saints. And the saints don't have this little phony, shallow, praise the Lord. No ring to their testimony. You can tell it's all coming out of their head. It's not one bit down in their heart. They don't feel a thing they're saying. They just learn how to testify. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey Amen. Where's my, where's my brother? Y'all can be seated. Where's my sisters? Stand up, sisters. Stand up, brother. Hey Amen. Where's Sharon? Hallelujah. Too far in the back. Praise God. You know what daddy used to say. You know what he used to say on a Sunday night. Hallelujah. You know what he'd say about a song? You know what he'd say about a message? You know what he'd say about a testimony? He'd say, brother, that's got that Jerusalem ring to it. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, I didn't grow up on canned food. Brother, I growed up on real mashed potatoes. <laughs> they started from scratch. It wasn't this instant junk. It was Holy Ghost, brother. We've tasted the real thing. We know what it sounds like. We know what it feels like. Now you go on and deceive yourself with an errand somewhere and shout around a golden calf and say, we got it, we got it, we got it. You're going to wake up one of these days and wish you had it. You're going to wish somebody would have told you the truth. You're going to wish somebody had a, a backbone and said, oh, no, we can't go there. We can't do that. Because you can't have the real thing. Just remain standing. But it makes real saints. The benefits to a house of prayer. The sick get healed. Miracles take place. Truth is preached to prepared hearts. 
When you pray, that's when you'll receive the word of God. Man, there's places you, you couldn't preach what I preach tonight. Whoo, it'd scare them to death. Amen. They'd have a board meeting after church. They'd be trying to fire the pastor. Where'd you let this wild man get in? Preaching like that. Preaching against our gods. Preaching against our sports world. Preaching against our television and nonsense. And Let's get rid of that guy. Woo. Benefit. It's easy to worship in a house of prayer. Benefit. It makes saints want to give and bless others. Benefit. Saints desire to be in a part of the ministry of the church. I had a district superintendent the other day walk through here. I think it's North Carolina. I can't think of his name or I'd tell you his name. It's where Brother Kevin used to go to church. Brother Kaiser. Amen. And he said, want to know. He said, I'd like to get in your mind and look around a little bit. I thought, well, you wouldn't find nothing. You'd find prayer. You know what I told him? I said, brother, you, I know it looks like we're all organized and we've twisted everybody's arm and we've compelled people and we've formed all these ministries and we're reaching, trying to reach this city. But I said, really, that's not what happened. Do you mind me telling you what happened? And he said, go ahead. I said, we started having prayer 24-7 around here and encouraging people to come to the church and pray. And guess what happened? Out of that, 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 people said, give me a bus to drive. <laughs> I want to go pick up some little children. It's misfortunate. Out of that, people. I didn't call nobody and said, would you go to the jails? Sister Sharon Blakely, you know what she does on her days off? She goes to the jails. Works up here all night and goes all day and goes to the jails at night. And other people doing the same thing, working all day, and then they want to go over to the Placid County Jail and tell them about this Holy Ghost and this good God. That's right, Brother Rankin. Nobody's the benefit of a house of prayer. People want to get involved in some kind of ministry of the church. They want to go see the old folks. They want to go pray for somebody. They want to help somebody. They want to teach a Sunday school class. They want to help in a choir. Y'all know what we did not long ago. We spread all the ministries up and down both sides and just... And you know what we've done? We, first of all, we put a clipboard and we said, let's let people sign up. And then I told them one day, I was in here praying. I, I gathered them up myself. I got all them clipboards up. I said, I don't want nobody signing up. If they, if they don't have it in their heart, if they got involved in the bus ministry and they don't have it in their heart because they just felt guilty, they'd mess up the bus ministry. You let somebody get in something that don't have a burden for it, and friend, they're... It won't be a ministry long. They'll start a fighting ministry, quarreling ministry, fussing ministry. But whenever, whenever people are praying and it gets in their heart, they say, let me, let me wash these dishes over here on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, let me help do something. Benefit of a house of prayer, saints grow. Benefit of a house of prayer, unity among the saints benefit of the house of prayer it's an easy place to pray benefit of the house of prayer it's a place jesus becomes the center of your life when the house of prayer is important to you 
benefit of the house of the prayer, you want to hear real preaching. These canned sermons just didn't, don't. They won't satisfy. Benefit of the house of prayer, it gives us so much more faith. Benefit of the house of prayer, amen, we have faith in our prayers. Benefit of the house of prayer, we have faith that God will heal and bless others. Amen. Benefit of the house of prayer is that people join with other saints in a choir of prayer. Amen. Brother, it, it's a beautiful thing when people get in harmony. Now, now, this is going way off, and this is getting really way out there. And I'm not sure a lot of people are going to understand what I'm saying. But I'm going to tell you, I've been in prayer meetings where it sounded like somebody was singing soprano, somebody was singing alto, and somebody was singing bass, and it was the most, it, the house was just filled. Not somebody singing so loud that you couldn't think about what you were singing, but they were singing together in prayer. I, I knew I'd miss, lose somebody on that. Huh? Huh? Well, is it good or is it not? Have you ever... How many in this building, you, you, kinda, you think you kind of know what I'm talking about? Let me see your hand. Well, sure. Woo! Sounds like to me you've been to the house of prayer. Come on to the music. Amen. Benefit of the house of prayer, it makes... You're able to say, thank God I did, and not I wished I would have. That's a benefit to the house of prayer. Benefit of the house of prayer, it's the foundation prayer is. It's where we all of us started. We started at a prayer meeting. Benefit to the house of prayer, it's a spiritual battery charger. Get in here and hook up and let it trickle through your soul. You'll have power when you walk out of here. Benefit to the house of prayer, it's our spiritual vitamins and minerals. Benefit to the house of prayer, it's spiritual bread and water. Amen. Benefit to the house of prayer, it makes the difference between winning and losing. You ever feel like, man, I'm just missing every deal. I'm losing every way I turn. I'm going to tell you there's benefit of going to the house of prayer. It'll turn a loser into a winner. Benefit to the house of prayer, people will bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. Benefit to the house, I'm almost through, just hold on. Benefit to that, play like you're at the mall. Play like you're waiting in line at Luby's. Amen. Benefit to the house of prayer, your children will get the Holy Ghost at an early age. Benefit of the house of prayer, our children will fall in love with truth. Benefit of the house of the prayer, the children will know the parents are for real. Benefit of the house of prayer, the children will love holiness. Benefit of the house of the prayer, the children will learn to pray. They'll learn how to travail. I wish sometime you could hear some of these young people up here on Saturday night in travail and up here through the week as well. Benefit of the house of the prayer, the young people develop a walk with God. They learn how to intercede. And listen to this, and this is the last one, benefit. The house of the truth grows stronger and stronger. And the house of Aaron, compromise, grows weaker and weaker. That's the real benefit. 
The house of truth keeps marching on. And the house of compromise, they keep on compromising. They said, we're just going to give up a little bit here. And I'm going to tell you, I know when it happened back in the 70s, the transition in Pentecost started. And they said, we're just going to let some of this holiness get away where we don't confuse people like Brother Charlie and Sister uh, Cheryl. Hallelujah. That's coming, wanting to get baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We don't want to confuse them. You're not going to confuse them. They're smart people. They can understand the blessing of walking with God and being called out of this world. Don't that sound good, Brother Charlie? Amen. Wave your hand, Brother Charlie. They probably don't know who I'm talking about. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet. Just praying, seeking God. Highly talented young man in music. Amen. He wants to use it for the glory of God. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what the devil's lied to people and said, you're going to run them off. No, truth will run you in. Truth will make you stick. Truth will put a backbone in you. Give me a, just a good old honest sinner. Amen. Brother Paul Eller, you know what? When you hear truth, go forth. You may have never heard it before, but one thing you got to say, you know what? That's really right. That's really right. And it is right. People are, people where they should be worshiping are not worshiping. They should be worshiping in church, but they're worshiping at some coliseum. Amen. And the house of truth just keeps keeping stronger and stronger. And you know that's what the Bible said? The Bible said the house of David grew. The house of Saul grew. What did he do? He just kept on compromising. He just kept on giving up. He just kept on backed up. And I've got friends, preacher friends tonight. They said, we're just going to let up on a few of these little things. And they did. And you know what's so sad? With grief in my heart, I tell you tonight, now they don't even believe you have to have the Holy Ghost. They don't believe it's essential. They don't believe that Peter said what he uh, said, meant what he said, that he had the keys to the kingdom. They've already figured out there's keys somewhere else. Amen. But that's what not having a house of prayer will do. Church, help you, pastor. Help you, pastor. I come here tonight to rally the troops. Amen. I come here tonight to rally the troops. I need some more people to say, Brother Holmes, between now and Sunday, I'll be up there to pray for that Easter service that heaven will break out. Amen. The lost to find God. Amen. wonder how many, by the help of the Lord, you'll come by the house of prayer this week and talk to God. Hallelujah. How many, by the help of the Lord, every day this week, you'll try to make it by it sometime. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. I'm going to tell you, carnality and them golden calves will cost you more than you want to pay. Amen. Give us some more spirituality. Oh, y'all bring this out right here right quick. Bring, bring it on over. 
Amen. You, you've got to see this stuff. Amen. You've just got to see this material and take some of it with you. But Lord willing, the next 50 days from Easter, we're going to be marching toward Pentecost. Amen. When the Holy Ghost was poured out. It was poured out 50 days. Everybody say 50 days. After Easter came the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Lord's going to give us some powerful services. We've been praying, asking God, the Lord would send a, the right one, evangelist, preacher, not an Aaron. Amen. I'll tell y'all something funny. I was preaching along this line one time. If y'all will just move it out a little further where they can get all around it. Thank you. I was preaching about this somewhere at a special service. How it, you can't listen to Aaron. You got to listen to Moses. After the service, Brother Cox was there. He said, whatever you do, don't you ever preach that at this church. I said, well, don't ever give me a chance. Amen. His boy is named Aaron, if you're wondering what the problem is. Amen. Nothing wrong with a name. Just go ahead and do the right thing. Here's church cards, new church cards to hand out. Amen. And they're going to tell the story about the Holy Ghost. Come on, walk down here with me. Amen. Join me around this front and take some of this material with you. Praise God to hand out. We're going to pray over it and ask God to use it for his glory. Come on. When you get some, if you will, just kind of back up and let some others get up there. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray over it right now as they're coming down. Lord, in Jesus' name, use it for your glory and honor. We believe you tonight, God. Let it be used. Let this literature be used for your glory. Reach some souls with it. Hallelujah. Amen. Take your some and step back quick as you can where others can get up there. Come on. Amen. Just take some and step back. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on. Yes, Lord. That's the way. Take some step back. We're going to have plenty more Sunday. Amen. Sing it. Hallelujah. God bless all of you. Consider yourself dismissed in Jesus' name.